The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Business Unusual. How a financial journalist became one of the youngest self-made billionaires in the world. Tell me why I shouldn't hate this person, Colin Cullis. Somebody who does the job I do, for goodness sake. Um, but uh, Explain it to me. Bruce, it's just a freak of where you happen to be and what your current age is. Otherwise, you you could have been Vitalik Buterin uh, because it was actually his his, his understanding, his, his in-depth uh, appreciation for, for un- wanting to understand very complex systems uh, that would have given him the, the heads up on this. Now, I'm obviously uh, simplifying that terribly, but quite honestly, uh, if I can say that the real tough job that most people don't appreciate about what journalists do is that without being experts on the fields that they're in, they need to try and understand it sufficiently so that they can explain it to others who don't. That in itself is as hard as trying to create these cryptocurrencies. For anybody who can actually describe them to somebody else who's not in them, I think that is a a really impressive thing. And he is one of those who doesn't only have the ability to create the networks, as he has. He's created Ethereum. But he has maintained the ability to explain it to people who don't get it in ways that they they can kind of conceive. Now, I say that with a caveat. Of course, he speaks to groups these days that are not first-time investors, so just the nature of his of the way he talks we would struggle to understand what he's saying but with a little bit of understanding about uh, cryptocurrencies and cryptography uh, you you get an appreciation uh, so so this is a, a short profile of of what is what is done in the last 10 years and by way of describing what is done give you a little more of an insight into the second largest uh, crypto coin which is ethereum uh, and i'm mindful that these are really hard uh, concepts to to, to explain. Uh, so the, the 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 item online might be useful if you need to just go over it again. So he moves. He is he's Russian. He was born in Russia, but his family moves to Canada when he was just six. His father, a computer scientist, was looking for uh, slightly better career opportunities that he would uh, be able to have in Canada. His son uh, was already showing lots of promise uh, as as being gifted for very many things. Um, and when he was in Canada, he managed to not just switch from, you know, having to learn to speak English, uh, but showed he was really quite impressed, uh, impressive by, by attending a, kind of a school for the gifted, for, for want of a better word, uh, and doing very well at his studies as, as, as well. Uh, he found out about uh, Bitcoin in, uh, well, when his father told him he was 17 years old at the time, it was around about uh, 2011. Bitcoin had just come out sort of 2009. Um, and then he was fascinated by the, the, no, the, nature, sorry, the nature of what this could do. And so he began reading up on it and visiting a couple of conferences and, and signed up for a job to write for a Bitcoin magazine. This is his first foray into the field of journalism uh, and started writing for this magazine, uh, being paid, as you would uh, imagine, in Bitcoin. At the time, though, the Bitcoin value was just $3.50 for an article. So he, he had some uh, some lessons to learn or possibly understood that journalists, unfortunately, don't always get the big bucks uh, when it comes to these things. Uh, anyway, he, he does that for a while. And his writing is, is appreciated by the publisher. And lots of people are reading the articles. They're finding it very, very useful to be able to understand what's going on. But the magazine itself isn't isn't. Uh, able to to sustain itself. So it folds and he decides to co-found effectively his own magazine called bitcoinmagazine.com in in its wake and and decides to write for that himself. That 
magazine is still running. That in itself is <laughs> quite an accomplishment to keep magazines, online-only magazines, uh, still running. But is, it is isn't there, it, isn't it wonderful? Sorry, but here, here he is in this hyper-digital world, and he's publishing a paper magazine. I've got video of Fazam Esani, the chief executive of Valor.com, a South African cryptocurrency exchange, in his startup phase, sitting uh, in, in the background, post-it notes on the wall and I deliberately positioned him in front of the, the wall um, and admitted what I was doing to him and he said well that's the way we're setting up the business so even in the digital world hyper digital businesses using paper is something that is close to my heart and I love them for it yeah I know, I'm never quite sure why people say that things die for new things to come across they just simply shift in terms of how much pr- priority they get uh, so anyway he's he's doing the bitcoin magazine and maybe at the time he's thinking this this is it he's, he's really a big fan of what bitcoin can do and in traveling around and and visiting other conferences he starts getting a better appreciation for it. So he goes and enrolls in university, takes some of these advanced crypto cryptography courses. He, he gets himself a, a, a mentor that is helping him understand the more, the more sort of intricate bits about how this all works. Again, age 19, and comes up with the idea that says, Bitcoin, Bitcoin's value is based on the coin, not the network, which was the decentralized you know, general ledger that it's all based on. And he thought it would be better if you'd created value in the network that was decentralized, so this decentralized um, blockchain would be the thing of value, and you use the coin to power it. And so he proposed in 2013 Ethereum, something that wouldn't simply be a new method of doing digital transactions, effectively a digital currency, but a new method of doing digital computing uh, for a new age. And it has uh, come to be transferred now that people have said there was Web 1.0 where creators went online and Web 2.0, which you currently in, which is sort of like social media where, where, where the participants are the creators. And Web 3.0 is this decentralized opportunity where everybody is owners rather than just participants. Um, and so this is what he conceived pretty much right out the bat. And he presented his paper at a Bitcoin conference and got a couple of very influential and, and heavyweights in the industry to say, I really like what you're doing there. Can we join? And so they co-founded Ethereum. At the same time, he had to now balance writing for Bitcoin magazine, doing his studies, which you can imagine would be rather challenging, and having found that this new startup with a lot of people expecting great things, uh, which, was, which was quite challenging. Thankfully for him, though, Peter Thiel, the uh, PayPal uh, co-founder and uh, very successful VC, uh, had set up a, a foundation which would give uh, applicants $100,000 to go and tackle these big projects. And they were specifically given for, for young people. So 18 to 25, I think there's a, is a limit as to how old you can be to qualify for these things. I might be unkind to say that he kind of describes it as saying, so you don't have to waste your time at university. You can go off and do something useful. That, that was kind of the, the idea. And Butrin did decide to drop out of his studies, take the money. He, he went traveling around the world, really try to soak up as much as he could and focused all of his efforts then on, on creating the Ethereum network. And a big chunk of what he was looking to do was this notion of a, a smart contract. If you create this smart computer, oh, I want to use smart everywhere, it sounds a little overdone. Anyway, this computer that was created could carry out transactions, could carry out programs, which were decentralized. So you didn't need to have somebody uh, authorize or check that something was working 
the way a bank does, where, where a bank says, yes, Bruce has got this money. And when Bruce pays somebody else, it says, right, I've now moved Bruce's money from this account to that account. It didn't need that. Uh, and a big thing about what he could do there then were these smart contracts. And when you put a bunch of smart contracts together, you get what he saw as being the real deal here, the DAO, the decentralized autonomous organization. And it is still very, very much um, hard for people to get their head around just how this could work. It certainly is the most disruptive thing I think we like to see in corporate governance, governance, financial industry, if it comes to pass in the way they intend. But like most of these things, when it is new, you're not going to get by without some uh, crisis and a, a bit of um, controversy. And in 2016, he got two. The first was the creation of what was then called the DAO, the first one that was created, enough interest, enough of a uh, sort of support of, of Ethereum already at that point that $150 million were, were, were put into this. And effectively what happens is investors pay the money and in return receive a token. That token uh, qualifies for a vote. So not dissimilar to somebody who owns shares in a company, the shareholders then have the ability to vote and, and determine what the company should do. The difference in a DAO is that there is no CEO the, the company has just the shareholders. The shareholders vote on these various smart contracts that are available, and the ones that are approved get executed. There is no sort of management C-suite level. And, and the point of it, supposedly, was that shareholders might expect CEOs to carry out what it is they would like to do for the benefit of the shareholders, but sometimes they don't. They might carry out what's to the benefit of the CEO in terms of getting his own share price returns or, or big payouts or perhaps going down another route. So this is the attempt for what the, the DAO is looking to create. Anyway, uh, the, the code is written. It is completely open and everybody can read it. And one enterprising person saw there was a flaw in the code and so effectively created or put a contract in place that would pay this person $50 million. A third of the money was simply hacked, even though he didn't do anything technically illegal. Butrin said, what we got to do here is, 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 is roll back the blockchain to before that happened, and then we continue. Now, most people would agree it wasn't the uh, you know, that wasn't the intention of the person doing this. So let's roll it back and then learn from the mistakes and continue. But some people, and certainly attracted to the uh, crypto industry, they're very much libertarians. They say, no, no one must have the centralized control. If you can do that, what's to stop you doing it again? They were absolutely against it. And so you think, well, then the majority has to win and one or other has to capitulate or something has to happen. But in crazy blockchain worlds, you can split the blockchain. And effectively, that's what they did. So Ethereum continued as it is uh, with that uh, transaction rolled back. And then the other chain, which had the transaction called Block Ethereum Classic, remained. One upside for those who owned uh, Ethereum at the time is they effectively got two coins now. And, and while Ethereum Classic is not worth anything near as Ethereum, it is still worth a fair bit. And so you would still have those. The second one that he got involved in at the time was that uh, the Bitcoin founder is still unknown. Uh, he was just a name, Satoshi Nakamoto, and nobody knew who it was. But in 2016, another cryptographer came forward, Craig Wright, and said, actually, it was me. And uh, Buterin has been very skeptical about his claims and has even called him out in conferences as to say he's a fraud. He doesn't even understand how the, the sort of crypto industry works. But he's got some very high profile people who backed him. And at, a, at a, a, a conference, he also explained why he thought, you know, this is, a, this is, a, this is a, not the person who, who is involved. And so that has created a bit of a sort of a fans of Buterin and, and then the other side, which is going to have to manage. And at 27, he's got many, many years to have to negotiate all these things. But the best thing he's done, and this is why I think he's sort of a, a billionaire to be, to be mindful and to watch, is earlier this year, a dog coin sort of tried to capitalize on what Dogecoin managed to do and the rise in its value, thanks to Elon Musk sort of tweeting about it, created one called Shiba Inu, a, a kind of dog. But they gave half of all of the issued coins to him. They were valued at over 8 
uh, billion dollars at the time because, of course, when Butterin gets given the coins, it's like a massive marketing push. And so the creators were quite clever to do that. He opted to give over a billion of it to a COVID um, response in India, and he destroyed $6 billion of it. You know, just he just burnt them, as it were. The notion was he didn't want to have to control that. He didn't want to have to be responsible for people thinking he is going to know what to do in, in, in that context. And for somebody who is right at the center of creating a new financial system, but not be moved by the money, I think perhaps is the kind of person you want to have at the center of the new financial system and not somebody who's simply looking to grab some cash. Having said that, he's still very young. And, and much like Mark Zuckerberg in the early days, everybody thought he was just you know, young and ambitious and he would, I'm sure he'd mature and, and become a great guy. Uh, we have to wait and see if, if the same uh, happens to Butrin or if he managed to stick to his guns. But a fascinating character, some really interesting uh, background and, and, and projects that he's busy with. And I'll leave some more of that online. Colin Cullis, thank you very much. We'll watch the name of Vitalik Buterin.